Hey team, it's Matt Drinkon here. And you might have heard, my brand new book releases on Amazon on March 8th. It's been a labor of love that I think can really help you navigate some of the challenges you're experiencing in your own life. I go over toxic positivity and how to think you're in it for everyone else. In reality, you're in it for yourself. And I express that through this entire book and help learn from our own mistakes and how to turn the lens on ourselves and ask good questions. So go to Amazon on March 8th and you can get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. That's it for me. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Eternal Optimist podcast. I'm your host, Matt Drinkon. And ever have a conversation with someone and you feel inspired, you feel like taking action, you feel like you can do it, you feel like you can change some of the habits and evolve and make progress and win. I had such a conversation with Mr. Mark Victor Hansen, an inspirational speaker. His body language is all energy. You can hear it in the tone of his voice. This man at the age of 74 is just getting started. And the exciting thing about meeting with Mark when we had this discussion was that he is the most humble man. You you would think that someone who has sold, get this, over half a billion books. Yes, that was not a typo. 500 million plus in book sales of this Chicken Soup for the Soul series that he published with Jack Canfield. Uh, And that right there, my friends, is, is enough to draw the attention in, but he's actually created over 318 books, over 100 licensed products on the Chicken Soup books alone. He wrote a new book with his wife, Crystal Dwyer Hansen, called Ask. He's gonna talk about that today. I've read it, it's phenomenal. And I don't say it's phenomenal about every book. Uh, this is one that has definitely opened my eyes. This conversation changed me. Whether it's 1% or 8% or simply the trajectory is higher, I have a little more energy, a little more wind in the sail. Something happened inside of me when this man is talking and I encourage you to put the antennas up because he talks about some amazing things. This is a man who had such high ambition coming straight out of school, invested everything he had into a business and then lost it all by the age of 26, went completely bankrupt. And in the last 50 years or 48 years since then, he has made a monumental climb up. He dug out of the hole, he changed his thinking, changed his ways, and within a couple years after that being bankrupt, he took the world by storm and kept moving forward. And he does that today. And he doesn't do it out of a selfish greed simply because he wants money. No, not at all, my friends. This is a man who's strong in his relationship, strong with his faith, strong in the mission and vision to impact the world completely inspired and you can hear it when he speaks he continues with story after story with inspiration after inspiration he coaches and teaches in this discussion he shares wisdom and nuggets here and he talks about the ways that you my friends no matter where you're at in your world can have an impact and take action now in the direction of your dreams he's got some funny stories in here and some serious dwellings I would encourage you to sit back wherever you're at and listen to this conversation deeply with my new friend, Mark Victor Hansen. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to the Eternal Optimist Podcast, the show for optimists by optimists. 
This is the show for people who see the good in the world and want to make a positive difference in the lives of their families and communities. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories that will get you thinking bigger and playing more offense in life. With your host and high-performance coach, Matt Drinkon. I'd love to welcome to the show a man who needs no introduction, Mr. Mark Victor Hansen. Matt, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this, and I think let's just dive right in because there's this much stuff to cover, and we only got that much time. Okay, let's dive in. Let's start off with some challenge that you've had in your life that you've learned from that you can share with our audience, Mark. Yeah, 1974, I'd been with the smartest guy on the planet, Buckminster Fuller. He finished Einstein's Unified Field Theory, did geodesic domes, spherical buildings made on triangles. I'm a 26-year-old hotshot. I'm building Wall Street Racquet Club, Botanical Gardens, Aviaries. But I'm building out of something that I thought we had endless supplies of, which we actually do, petrochemicals. I was building out of PVC, polyvinyl chloride. I was buying from Monsanto. And Monsanto said, no, no, 40000 a month is not that big a deal. You're fired. And so I was suddenly out of business like that. I, I had to go to the biggest library in the world, which I say there's always a solution to every problem. I go, I'm in New York. So I go to the New York's library, which has a million books that was big at that time now they're multi-million books but how to check how to go bankrupt by yourself i take myself bankrupt which was my best worst experience for six months i'm sleeping in a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room and i'm doing what we're teaching in our book ask here which is what everybody's got to do they got to learn to master asking so they get to their destiny i'm here to help everybody get to their destiny if everyone fulfills their destiny the world works that's how it works 100 percent. So. I finally asked God, because we teach and ask yourself, I ask God, okay, God, I'm either going to kill myself because I'm useless and I just lost $2 million in a day and I'm stupid, or what do you want me to do? What's my destiny? And God answered back and said, what do you want to do? And my challenge was, I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that would make a life transformative difference. Well, I want to be a speaker, a professional speaker and get paid for it. And I thought, wow. So I go to my three roommates in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, and I ask them, you know anyone young? Not young, just because I am now a cotton top, but I didn't want a cotton top. I didn't want a Broadway star, a celebrity, a lawyer, a doctor. And they said, yeah, this kid is talking in Hot Fog, Long Island, New York, that's turning around the real estate market. And I got to remember, real estate was, interest rate was, we think it's high now. It was at 28%. It was just over the moon high, and nobody was buying. And this guy, I got his little ticket. I watched Chip Collins talk for three hours, mesmerized 500 people in the audience. I go, oh, my God, this is what I want. He's 10 years older, so it's within age range of who I am at that juncture. I could relate to him. I go up, I ask him, I say, can I take you to lunch? He said, what do you want, kid? His voice is burnt out, right? Because he was shouting. He had no mics. Remember, PAs are a fairly new thing yet. And this is 50 years ago. And I said, I want to do what you're doing. He said, well, look, kid, if you change you make it to one in a thousand, you ain't going to make it. But. I'll tell you how to do it if you promise you'll stay out of the five boroughs of New York, like Manhattan and Long Island. I said, yeah. So lunch, he tells me to go after the life insurance business is the bottomless pit for motivation. The headquarters is here in Manhattan and up in not very far away in Hartford, Connecticut and Des Moines, Iowa. And I said, okay, great. I'm not afraid. And he tells me the four things to do. I asked how to do it. And then remember, I'm selling seminars and I'm incompetent. I don't have any information. I don't know what life insurance is. I don't know what a premium is. And I go on and I have, he says, you'll call on 10 and you'll get one. And at the time I'd I'd read Emerson and Emerson said, every act is its own reward. 
Now, you may not get paid by the person you're asking to do business with, but somebody else will pour in business in ways you can't even predict. And that's true in my life then and now because I'm building an empire now. We'll talk about in the third segment. Again, I love empires and business empires. The, the point is, I went out and called on 10 people, but 10th guy, 6.30 at night, nobody's around. Guys, big, big, big. I mean, this boy weighed in 450 pounds to be weighed an ounce. And he says, oh, God, take it. Now, his name's Tony. He's a great Italian. And in Long Island, that's normal. He said, I'm the number one guy in the number one country company in life insurance metropolitan. He said, I like you, kid. You come in. I was charging $25 a seminar, four seminars, how to prospect, present, good work habits, and close the sale, which I ultimately did tapes on, all that good stuff for everybody. MLMs, chiropractors, everybody, but the doctors, dentists, everybody. But the point is, I'm doing life insurance. He said, hey, kid, here's a directory to every general agent manager in Metropolitan. You call them and you tell them Big Tony told you to call. And if they don't hire you, you come back to me. You got it? I said, yes, sir, Big Tony, I will do it. I had a gold mine. I went out and I just went, and and I'm totally incompetent. I got to do one other thing that fits you more than anyone else. So the first seminar I do, I mean, I'm, I don't know anything about life insurance. And now I, I did become a master of it. And I learned every part of the lingo and all the superstars I met at all the meetings I did. And then I talked about them and what they did and did tapes on it and all that. But I came out the first time because I'm a book reader with 10 books you got to read. Like in New York, my minister at the time that you know, Norman, was in New York, Power of Positive Thinking. And I went through Thinking Grow Rich and all the books that everybody should read, not just you and I. But we talked about offset before we started the show today is your mindset creates your money set. Your mindset creates your health set. Your mindset creates your future life set. And if you don't know how to set your mind, your mind works like a thermometer, right? I got a thermometer here in this house. We live in the desert. It's going to be 110 today here in Scottsdale, right? The temperature I want is 74 to 76, right? I don't want to be 110 or I'd, I'd come drooling and sweat here at you. So the point is, I did Four talks a day, which most people say, well, you didn't really, but only Tony Robbins, I did a thousand talks a year for the first three years in business. I'd do them at six in the morning if the guy wanted me there or a lady wanted me. It was mostly a men's business. One at 10, one at two, one at eight at night. I didn't care. I had nothing to do but race around. And if I wasn't doing a talk, I was selling a talk. And it was just, and a lot of them started to shuffle because I was becoming famous. And I promised, I said, the promise then was the wrong promise to me. I promised 10%. So the guy who was a general manager earning a hundred grand, which today is like a million, he would earn 110 grand. Well, 10 grand to pay me a hundred dollars is like 1%, no issues, right? What I should have done is take a percentage because I could have then taken a percentage of all the increase of State Farm or State Mutual or Metropolitan or Proof, but I wasn't smart enough and Chip, God bless him, did the best he could, but he didn't have that little factoid that I now have. I help companies now, but I take a percentage or I take stock or I take ownership. And today, people in my business, you might as well take it. This is the first time we're in history, no limit, because the game isn't the game. In the last two years, because of COVID confinement cocoon, everything's international. Everything's in Zoom. Everything's in cell phone. Everything's in the computer. And for the first time, the businesses that, you know, we're limited to America now. I mean, I've worked in 80 countries, and I'll do it in the third segment. But it, it is, we're in the most excitingly amazing time ever if you're awake. Now, in high school, you and I read the same stuff. Great writing, but it is the best of times and the worst of times. And that's where he stopped. 
it's the best of times common if you have the mindset to find out where the opportunities is because problems are opportunities in disguise waiting to have you make your fortune. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. Okay. I want to keep going on the challenge part. And I feel compelled to go to the third segment. I feel compelled to go to this exciting future that we're creating, kind of jump ahead. And I'd love to just to dive straight to what is it that you're creating now, Mark Victor? Mark is only because I used to live in Orange County, California, Corona Del Mar, Newport Beach, and, and beautiful. We lived on the ocean. I'd done really well, of course. Sold a half billion books, so you do pretty well when you do that many books. I'm going to sell a billion, which is why we got 144 rejections. When you think about it, I wrote the business plan called a Wild the Business Plan. And if I had been in a seat of Random House, which has given me a million dollars three times to write a book, like my book, One Minute Millionaire in Cash in a Flash, and and cracking the millionaire code. They paid for that. But back when I hadn't sold anything and I wrote down, I'm going to sell a billion books, I just see, go inside the head, they're reading this and they go, (laughs) 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 the Bible sold a billion and a half, but no human being can do that. Well, I was on the biggest podcast with Amazon, Mark Devereaux, and twice now. And Mark said, the second time, he said, you are really the Roger Bannister of books. He said, do you know who Roger Bannister is? I said, of course, I know all the stories. you know who Roger Bannister was? Of course. I said, but Mark, do you know what happened the next week? He said, no clue. I said, 119 people ran a four-month month because what happened is it broke a mental barrier, the mindset barrier, the limitations here. The limitation isn't here. And that's why imagination, Einstein, my teacher said, is more important than reality because I think you got a physical body, you got a brain, which is unfortunately the only thing school teaches. Then you got a mind, which has two basic aspects, a couple, but intuition and imagination. But then you've got a soul, which is bigger than all that. And your soul is infinite because Genesis says you're made in the image and likeness of God's stuff. And if God's infinite, then you're made with infinite stuff. That makes you infinite. And so in the audiences, I have people point at their temples and go, that's interesting because we could spend a whole time together on just that point because all of us are over endowed not under endowed oh no man you are an engineer you are a doctor you are a janitor you are a school teacher that is a job which means i redefine the acronym just over broke because i say that bob proctor and i created msis we own two companies together and he's a genius just passed away but bobby and I created multiple sources of income. And then Bob Allen and I, in our books, created multiple streams of income. Same thing. Anybody with just one stream of income is going to be broke and broken. And right now, there are evil people out there trying to break the middle class. And what I'm saying is, no, no, let's go the other direction. I do YouTube minutes called Mark's Minutes every day. And I say you're either depressing and, and contracting or you're expressing. Now, if you're depressing, you're in a wrong place for you. Because you're made with infinite stuff that's meant to express all the days of your life. And the only way you get there, back to hustling my own book, is I wrote it with my wife, ask the bridge from dreams or destiny, because you got a great destiny. But if you put up the stop signs, and we call five road, four, seven roadblocks to stopping, right? Fear and doubt, indecision, disconnection. We show you how to overcome every one of them. You are in a lose-lose. And I'm saying we're in the greatest time ever to be in a win-win, but you got to be careful. Even during a depression, 25% of the people made fortunes, 75% lost because they believe fear, which I define fear is a one-way elevator going down. Fear is faith in reverse, right? Whereas what the Apostle Paul said, faith is substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. I saw myself doing four talks a day because that's what I wanted to do. 
And then all of a sudden the audience came to me just to finish that story. And I said, oh, my God, that's the best story I ever heard. You have it in a book, but you keep. <laughs> I finally said, OK, I'll self-publish a book. The first book I did, Stand Up, Speak on Win. Now, remember, I'm doing a little audience of six people, 10 people in little insurance offices. So it's not that big a deal. It was a big deal to me but and a big deal to them because I transformed a lot of their lives. Thank you, God. But the, the point is, is that I sold 20,000 copies at $10 each. That's $200,000. Well, 50 years ago, that's like $2 million. I'd, I'd re-arrive. I'd come back. And you say, well, how important is that? Well, the smartest guy I deal with every day that's my mentor and friend who has to go on mention because he's rich, successful, wants an anonymity. But he and I were talking. When the money value goes down, moral values go down. And right now we've had money values go, I mean, because the really rich people are doing really awful things to corrupt the public and steal all the money from the middle class. Well, the middle class is what makes America great. Free enterprise makes America great. Andrew Carnegie helped create free enterprise in America. And Napoleon Hill wrote about it with 500 people. And while Hill, Dr. Hill got us out of the depression by writing all the fireside chats, did you know he did that? He wrote all those lines for FDR, you know, nothing to fear but fear itself. That's Nap, Dr. Hill. They called him Nap the Sap because he was really rich and got $1 a year for helping the president write speeches. Well, in 1898, we had a depression in America, and I'm afraid we're going into another one, and I'm going to do everything I can to help the people that listen to your podcast and my stuff. I'm not going to do it, but it was Wallace Waddles wrote The Science of Getting Rich, and he said he wrote that book, and then what happened? Six people broke through. We had the automobile with Henry Ford, because he read the book. We had Edison create a little thing called electricity. We had the phone come out. We had all these breakthroughs. So we're in a greatest time of breakthroughs in human history. And there's only one guy visible, but I love him. And that's Elon Musk. I mean, he owns six, back to MSI's, multiple sources of income. He owns six multi-billion dollar companies. And the last one he's created is He's created a new phone to compete with the iPhone for a very simple reason. It's called Tesla Pi. Do you know this? No, no. So Elon Musk has the greatest car. It's got $20 billion worth of AI. So I didn't build a car. I built an AI machine on wheels. And so Tim Cook, who thinks he's smarter than anyone because he had the first trillion-dollar company, back to breakthroughs. Now we've got $6 trillion companies in America. And we've got Elon Musk about to become the first human trillionaire. Now, just so people are listening, go, that's too big for me. Well, a million, a thousand thousands, a million, a thousand millions, a billion, a thousand billions, a trillion. That's a lot of money. Anyhow, so Elon Musk has his top five guys stolen, as far as he's concerned, by Tim Cook. He said, Timmy, you made a bad mistake. Wow. What a cool life. So what did he do? He created the Tesla Pi phone, which is just coming out, it's going to cost $650. It'll have, instead of a little byte of information, it's going to take two terabytes. So you can have 20,000 movies on your iPhone. You put it in the sun. It charges up in two hours for the next 60 hours. I mean, he's got 12 major breakthroughs. The point is we're at the greatest breakthrough time in history, but none of that makes the news because the news is controlled negatively. And that's why podcasts, like the one we're doing right now, are going zooming up because people listen to them and then they say, oh my God, I got to share this with this, 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 this person because I've never heard Mark Victor Hansen before. But if he's telling the truth, and I am, in the highest part of the hierarchy of Maslow is truth and beauty. It goes beyond self-realization, self-actualization. The point is, we're in the first no-limit time if you're awake. Now, if you're 
depressed, you go, oh my God, I'm going to lose my job. I'm not, go create new work. You're not limited to being a janitor. You're not limited to being a school teacher. That's what the preface was here. Does that all make sense, Matt? Everything is really connecting. And I draw back to something amazing that you've shared. And on the scope of the timeline of your life, around 1974, bankrupt. Big company, big idea, and it blew up quickly and you were down. And before you know it, a few years later, you've sold a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of books and you're back up and you took it from the rock bottom back up to the top and have continued based on your philosophy of asking the three questions. So if there's someone out there who's down right now and they're depressed and there's this world of opportunity out there, but they're down and depressed, help, let's help them get up. How might we help them get up and open their eyes? It's going to sound self-serving, but I think a book is a screaming deal. Books got me out of my negativity. And then there's a new brand new thing called audio tapes because 1973 is when Sony created the audio tape recorder. And then I'd listen and drive around the car. And back then it was this big and I'd hold it next to me. I had a $400 peed up old Volkswagen that I was driving around. <laughs> I had to change my thinking to change my future. But I'm going to tell you to get that person out of depression, they got to get a copy of book Ask. Today, it's $13 at Amazon. They can go to any bookstore and get it. But don't get one, get two. And I promise if it doesn't work, you send me a note, I'll send your money back. But go through it with your spouse, spouse equivalent, business partner, mastermind partner, church, temple, ashram, mosque partner, and go through all 178 questions. If you ask the questions, you're going to have extraordinary transformation. And look, what we're teaching and ask is real simple. We're saying at birth, you were given a destiny code. Now, my destiny code was not building domes. My destiny code was being a professional speaker, a writer, a marketing maven, and a business person, right? And then deeply spiritual on top of that as a bonus. So that's all I'm supposed to do. Those are where I'm best. And in the business, I just did a YouTube video on my teacher in motivation, Cabot Robert, and his deep Southern accent says, you got to circulate to poikulate. You got to make contacts, get contracts. You got to circulate and know a lot of people. Well, my phone locked up and wouldn't work. And so I went into whatever that thing's called. I got to have my glasses on to read this thing nowadays. That's a great benefit of life settings. And it said, you have too many messages. Well, I didn't know you had to clear your messages. So I went back and I got 18,000 messages from 2016. Well, I started going through them and clearing them and deleting them because my wife taught me how because she's a little more sophisticated. And I, I didn't know you were supposed to clean messages. I just thought they disappeared after a while. What I found was, in what we call about the third segment, is I got a gold mine of business. Now, everybody's got a gold mine of business and doesn't know it. And when you read the self-help action books like Acres of Diamonds, the Acres of Diamonds aren't out there. They're in here. Right, and I'm sure you read Acres of Diamonds by Russell Conwell, who founded Temple University, did it six thousand times. But it's that kind of stuff that I teach, I live, I am, and I've asked myself, where are my Acres of Diamonds? And everyone has them. It's not just Mark Victor, and it's not just Matt. It's the, not just the two of us, and not just your dad and your mom. Everybody, eight billion people alive, have Acres of Diamonds, and the goal is is keep asking yourself, asking others, and let's just go to the Ask God real quick. When Jack and I needed a title for Chicken Soup for the Soul in our respective homes, him in Santa Barbara, me in Corona Del Mar, Newport Beach, God, mega best-selling title, mega best-selling title, mega best-selling title, mega best-selling title. Mega best now, this is before, this is 1989. Jack calls me at 2.58 in the morning. My daughter is becoming a veterinarian at the moment, wannabe, and we had got 
88 animals on one acre, not a good idea, but it, she's a, a horse whisperer could have help heal anything. So God bless her. But the phone rings at 2.58 in the morning because it just wakes up all the animals and everything. Chickens are going crazy. Everybody going to in the neighborhood is going to kill us. Anyhow, Jack says chicken soup. I say for the soul. We had it. We have seven corroborations of chicken soup with God bumps, goosebumps, chili bumps, instantaneous behavior change. We knew it. But the publishers, 144, also, metaphorically speaking, hit the road, Jack. And I would joke and say, it's okay if you don't like him, but I'm a nice guy. Jack's great. That's where the 144 rejections came in. This, which has become right now half a billion books sold. Oh, yeah. And now a lot of them say, well, I didn't reject you. My team rejected you. Yeah, right. But you were on the team. Why didn't you voice up? And the point is, I wrote this outrageous, and I did a whole set of tapes called How to Think Bigger Than Never Thought You Could Think, and it's now a book, too. But here it is, matter of fact. Is that that's what it looks like. It's um, how to think bigger than you ever thought you could think. Because if you're thinking small, you're going to receive small. Like we teach and ask, one of the first lines I wrote is a question. The size of your question determines the size of your result. So if you say, how am I going to go bankrupt like I did? You go, if you say, how am I going to become a millionaire? Your subconscious goes, beep, beep. Because your mind is, the big word is teleological. That means your goal setting and goal getting. If you really believe it with feeling, and the Neville says, live in the assumption of the wish fulfilled. If you're living in the assumption that you are where you want to be, and what Jesus said, pray, is that the thing for which you're praying for has been received. Now, somebody who does that superficially, they go, well, what does that mean? Well, what we're teaching in ask is real simple. It's two parts, ask. But the second part is you have to be receptive. You have to be allowing. You have to be there before you get there. I had written down, I'd be the world's best-selling author. I am, according to Guinness Book of Record, I am now that person. I wrote down all the stuff that I would do. When I got divorced, I wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal wife because I'd been in high pain and did wrong the first time. I was an amateur or something, whatever it is. I'll take all the blame. Impossible. I wrote down the qualities, the values, the virtues, the characteristics. She had to have a great personality, had to want to travel with me, had to love my business, I had to love her. She had to have her own money because I was rich and I had a lot of people want to marry me for my wallet, but that's not going to happen. Every woman out there should learn the principles I teach or the way principles my wife teaches to go get rich by yourself. So then you're coming in equal. But if you come in subordinate, you'll screw it up and you have to have a prenup and all that. But my wife, when I met her, was 260. I didn't tell her until after we got married because I didn't want to goof it up. But she was 267 out of 267. And I said, look, <laughs> when you write goals, you've got to write down victory next to it. In purple, God's highest color is the top of the electromagnetic spectrum. The top of the rainbow is always going to be purple. Understood. This is amazing. What was it like, by the way, when you finally told her about this 267 out of 267? How did she respond to that? What was that conversation like? Well, let me go back two phases. So she is writing books. She was here in Phoenix and the top hypnotherapist, clinical therapist, nutritionist, and packed audiences that go forever. Just amazing. And so she's writing this book and she comes to a seminar I'm doing called Author 101 in LA and packed house. But I see her in the middle and I go, well, she's sitting with some old boy. So I say, any of you guys know her? And said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not married to that guy. She just got divorced a long time ago. So I said, ah, damn, she's a free agent. Long story short, that night at VIP, I got a throng of people around me. I think everyone will know what that means. Anyhow, she's on the other side, and a lady, turns out we met her later from El Salvador, 
wax or glass of red wine all over what the woman that's crystal that's going to become my wife's white pants. Well, I just part the seed. People say, well, you paid $100 for that. <laughs> I didn't know the woman. I still don't. I couldn't tell you who she is. But I grab Crystal's hand. I take her. And I say, look, I know where the club soda is because I work this hotel here a lot. And we had done with that little game. And I say, look, have you eaten? It's like 930 on a Saturday night. And I'm starving. And, but I can't. If, if you're willing to let me take you to dinner, we can't stay in the property because there's a thousand people that all want two minutes of my time because they think I'm going to give them their answer and they get to touch him and my garment and they'll get rich or something. I don't know what they think. Anyhow, we get to the top restaurant in Hollywood and it's got 50 people out in front and a hundred dollar bill is not getting me in. And I go, oh, okay, let's risk this. So we're both of Danish descent. I grab her hand. And I say, just come up here to the gatekeeper. We'll see how this works. And, he, and my wife, you've seen her picture. So she is sublimely beautiful. I call her the goddess of exquisiteness because she's so cool. And she is the wisest woman I've ever met. I mean, if you're going to have be a word merchant, you better be good at your words, right? <laughs> That's right. Well, she married you. She's got to be pretty smart. Yeah, right. So the guy says, okay, I give up. Who is she? Now, remember, we're teaching only one thing. Everyone's got a master asking, and we want you to get the book and then go to thebookask.com, and you get to a live meeting with Crystal. Everyone's got to go once they got the book, put their little thing in that they bought it somewhere. I don't care where they buy it or how they got it or stole it, whatever they do, or go to the library, but go to the bookask.com. Anyhow, the guy says, okay, I give up. Who is she? Now, asking is the answer, and you'll see it. I said, you don't recognize her? Well, now the guy's stuck. His mind's going through People Magazine, and InStyle, and Hello, and Vogue, and he can't place her. You can see that she's famous all by herself, because she's got the countenance. Right? She's been a top model. She's been a number one salesperson. All kinds of stuff. Been in movies. All that stuff. But you can't place her. So he said, okay, I give up. Who is she? Now I'm goofing. I don't know exactly where to go, but I'm going to go with questions. So I said, she's the queen of Denmark because we're both of Danish descent. He starts by saying, no, she's not. All of a sudden he goes, oh my God, yes, she is. So he asked the question, who are you? So I said, well, who travels with the queen? He says, oh, my God, you're the king. Hold on. And that quick, we had a table. And we just synchronized, and we've never been apart for a minute since then. Oh, well, yes, that's when we have babies be born. She gets to go be with a birthing mother. So I got to edit that one thing. Other than that, we're basically together 24 hours a day, wherever we travel, in China 80 times or whatever. And I won't go to China anymore because the CCP has gone sideways and south. They've made tragic mistakes and really hate America. But back when they were being capitalistically communistic, I sold 374 million books in China, and I'm number one in Vietnam. Everyone says, well, you're number one 59 times. Why aren't you number one more? Well, if you keep going to foreign countries, you get to be number one in a foreign country, but that doesn't register on their brain. Thank you for that the little blast back from the past with how you got connected to Crystal. And I've done some research on her too, and I've loved the energy that comes from everything that she does. So the both of you are energy givers. You have a great product, service, a great message, ask. How else can we highlight ask right now? Because I've read it since you gifted it to me, and I've gotten great value from it. Where might be another place we can go into it and, and talk about it? By the way, if I paid you to ask the right questions or wrote the questions, I couldn't do better than the ones you're doing. So first of all, downline, you could interview her. She was supposed to be on with us this morning, but I'll tell you what's happened. So because you read ask and my three principles are everything you do has got to be unique. 
It's got to be transformational. Just like this book is the most transformational book we've ever done. That's why Ask is going to outsell chicken soup. Because everyone, 8 billion people need to learn how to ask. And the third, it's got to be inevitable that it is transformational and that it's going to keep unfolding in better and better ways. The first thing in the book is the fable of Michaela, because I grew up with fables, right? Of reading and speaking Danish and all that. Is that Hans Christian Anderson did every fable and every one of them because Disney bought him when he went there with one of my writing partners, Art Linklater, right? The Ugly Duckling. I name them all, but that's not the king has no clothes, the king's naked, or whatever that story is, right? The point is, Crystal wrote this fable. We're going to write together. She wrote it with such brilliance because she did it out of her own story, and Michaela became alive. Long story compressed, we get the top agent in Hollywood. And I've always wanted to do movies and all that, and it just hasn't worked out for 47 years. I've been writing, never happened. So we get the top agent, Carlos Carrera. So he calls and says, you're not going to believe it. The best part of Hollywood just moved, and it's in your backyard in Scottsdale. I go, I've lived here a long time, pal, and this is a great neighborhood, but I know the who's who of Scottsdale. I mean, if you're world's best-selling author, you get a lot of VIP invitations. Yesterday, we got the 90th birthday of Harvey McKay came in a giant red envelope that big and said, you're coming. And by the way, Elton John's coming to my birthday, but I want to have you here too. And I go, good, we'll be there. I mean, I love Harvey anyhow, but he's 90 and doesn't look it. That's the point because you're supposed to be ageless, right? And just have fun and going through your whole life. So we go see the top guy who runs this great movie that's had two of the top 10 movies last year, God's Not Dead. And Father Stu. I don't know if you've seen God's Not Dead or Father Stu, but they're great movies. Now you can see them on the stream. They're made here. I can't even believe it. Ten minutes from my house is Pure Flix. We go in this office, and now I've got eight major publishers because I've been prolific. 318 books written with a lot of different people but and a lot alone. But the, the fact is, this guy would read every word. He knew that he said, you're a diver, a recovery team diver. I'm diving and I get to dive with Wyland. I said, Wyland's my best friend. We've done three books together, the world's greatest, most profitable commercial artist. And I spent a lot of time together diving. And they said, I'm going hella skiing in Chile tomorrow. And this is like three weeks ago as we're doing this. Now, somebody's going to watch this two years from now and go, well, when the heck was that? Well, we're not going to date it because we're going to keep the show evergreen. But I said, well, I was trained like Tony Robbins was and Ken Blanchard was to be a skier by my sensei, who also taught me martial arts, Tom Crum. He said, you know Tom Crum, the world's greatest hella skier? I said, Tom and I are like that. I wrote the four to his book, Three Breaths. No problem. And he said, can you introduce me? I said, done. I mean, it was a marriage before we got there, but he'd read every word of the book. My wife and I had been before COVID to a lot of places in the middle, in the Mediterranean, but we went to a place we fell in love with called Malta which is Winston Churchill's favorite place where he did most of his artwork. And we said, this is where we want to make the movie. Well, the first thing he says is, we're going to make the movie in Malta in April next year. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, it's like, do, 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 do. So he said, look, you know, Crystal wrote this. So one of the guys I wrote a book forward to is The Ultimate Gift, Jim Stobel, who's in this book, a blind guy who said, he made $100 million because of Mark Victor Hansen. He says, when Mark talks, the world listens. And he did the ultimate gift and made a movie and now a movie, a sequence. And now he's got 50 books. And he's one of my greatest friends. He's a blind guy. He's totally wisdom. Anyhow, he said, Crystal, just let Michaela live through you. She blew it to 125 pages of script. They're loving it. And we're, it is moving it to, she's in her office, which is thousand feet from where we got a big house up or however far it is. I never checked, but it's a distance. Anyhow, the, the point is she's in there finishing this right as we speak. So you ask what's going to happen next. 
they think it's going to be a movie as big as Harry Potter. And they said, we're not doing one, we want three. And you got a sequel and prequel. And, and if you read the 38 things I write about, I wrote a book called You Have a Book in You, which is somewhere behind me. And I can't, oh, it's right, right there in the yellow book, You Have a Book in You. So, because I want everybody to write their book. Everybody ought to write their autobiography every 10 years, which is one initiative that I've done. I'd love to know what my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, thought, felt, said, did. I don't know any of that. And they were born here and died here in the dash. I want to know what the hell happened in the dash, right? And that's why I wrote a book called Speed Write Your Autobiography, which is just, you know, cool stuff. Because people said, you didn't really write 318 books. Well, that's why I don't mind showing them like this, right? Because it gets people go, holy cow, his name is really on that book. <laughs> well, are you doing that? In addition to writing all of these books where there's learning, inspiration, are you writing every 10 years or writing your own autobiography? Because I know you did one like 20 years ago. You know, you, you just saw somebody wrote my biography, which Mitzi Purdue, who I talked to this morning, who's, yes. she's an octogenarian, only double heiress in the world. Her daddy started a little hotel chain during a depression called Sheridan Hotel and built 400 during a depression. See, this is what I'm saying. Even in the worst times, somebody's making a fortune. Then she marries a guy named Frank Purdue who does 22 million chickens a week at Purdue Chicken. And then she's also written 4,000 major scientific articles. And then she, she and I were introduced. She was with one of my best friends in, in Dubai and calls up and said, you got a new best friend. I said, Brad, I don't need it. I got you. What do I need for? I mean, he's a West Point superstar. I said, no, no, you want to talk to her. And she was intimidated to talk to me. And we just, we talk every day. She's just come back from Ukraine and you got to interview her, Mitzi Peru. She's got stories that you can't believe that are tragic and the magic both because she's been there under a pseudonym, a false name. Because you can't you can't go as a woman that's a multi-billionaire into a country like that and not get absconded. But they didn't know she was there and she got the real story, which is not what the media is telling right now. And she wants to share it and she'd love to come on your show. I told her I was going on your show. She said, well, you ask Matt if he wants me. And I said, I can tell you before I talk to him, the answer is yes. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I had a friend that went over there as well and shared a different story, like in the very beginning, shared a different story than and what the media is telling. And I'm grateful to be able to meet her and, and share the story. So thank you. Yeah. Please continue. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is if you're right. When I was starting speaking, I was with Charlie Trent Jones and he just did a little book on me. His publishing house did a little book on uh, with, again with Mitzi. She did a little book biography on me. And now we got the big book called Relentless, which I encourage everyone to read because considered the most inspirational biography ever written. And, and we've got 200 testimonial letters from people that are blown away by their reading. Go, and she just gave away 100,000 copies, and it's turning around the thinking of Ukraine because it gives the people hope. They're saying, you know, every day all I hear is a war and that my neighbor got killed and da 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 and kids got stolen, and they're going into human trafficking. And, and your book gave us hope again that, that we can come out of a despoiled time into a less soiled time into a, in an, an, exurb, an exuberantly exciting time. I know that was a lot. That was a big difference. Somebody out there is going like this, shaking their head, going, but they can listen to the podcast a little at a time if they want and keep coming back. <laughs> well, I love it. I love the energy and I love that it's, it's an overwhelming positive energy. It's an overwhelming impact on humanity energy. And my, I, I paused for a second because I, I felt a little emotional when you started talking about kids, a way that I wouldn't have felt eight years ago, the same as I do now. But I, I felt a little bit of something there. So that, that was the pause. But I'm, I'm loving everything that you're, you're pouring out of your soul right now, Mark. This is great. It's great. It is real optimism mobilized for the future for people. Now, and, it, and, and I will humbly say that you are not 
just trying to sell a book. This is not about that at all. This is about really serving the greater good of people by teaching them how, empowering them how, leading them to the place that they can figure out how to do it. Uh, so I'm just a huge fan of your book. And I've read hundreds of books. This is this is one that has now a place on the shelf. I I love this one. So let's um let's keep moving. I'd love to go. What's a what's a different question that you've not been asked before on a show that you might want to answer? Why would I start a publishing company? Because right you're rich, you're famous, you're, you're, you should be retired because you're 74. But remember, I said I'm going to live the 127th options for renewal because Genesis 6.3 clearly says minimum 120 years. And what happens is that most people volunteer for death, which is like, you don't have to help death. It takes care of itself, right? And, and you know, it just it's like a dumbass squared idea. So I, I, I exercise every day for at least an hour. I take 178 herbs, sorry, 78 herbs and vitamins every day. You know, I'm, I'm really healthy. I, I'm absolutely in love with my wife, my kids, my family, my job, and, and my connection with God, which, I, I, like I said, you're either godly or ungodly now. And I think if you're ungodly, you ought to wake up to your godliness because somebody created the universe and you did not. Therefore, you know, and, and I was in Vietnam during the war, and I can tell you that there's no atheists in foxholes. I was a VIP, but there's no atheists going into the foxholes. And I got a lot of friends that were in Vietnam that talked to me almost daily, too. So we're in this exciting place. So I started this publishing company because the publishing industry, thanks to COVID, has gone from 19,000 bookstores to 400 in the last two years, which is tragic. Have you ever been to a bookstore and not been treated well and had nice people and other people that were there were interesting usually? Today's sponsor of the Eternal Optimist podcast comes from Mark Victor Hansen's YouTube channel, where every day he has a one-minute musing where he talks about some nugget of wisdom. And the one today that I want to bring to our attention is to leave your phone alone when you get up in the morning. How many times do we pick up our phone and scroll for the email or pick up our phone and scroll to social media? And before you know it, we are stuck in the zombie-like haze of the cell phone. We've been trapped. Well, friends, there's a battle against that. And it is leave your phone alone in the morning. Get centered. Be at peace with yourself. Be at peace with your mission. Be at peace with your maker. Get centered and be at peace, my friends. This is the sponsor of today's episode, the Eternal Optimist Podcast. Make it a great day. I've recently, actually, they have gotten smaller and I have not had great experiences in some of the bookstores. I felt like, I mean, I'm, I'm a big book nerd. I love reading all the time and I've not felt as loved recently. That's not a prerequisite for going, but yeah. Yeah. Historically, I got to tell you that the book people have been phenomenal, obviously, dude, myself and Jack and, and my co-authors. But also, I love librarians and libraries and all that. So uh, I'm really keen on them. But the book business needs to stay because here's what Plato said. Plato said, whoever controls the story, which is what you're doing in podcasting, whoever controls the story controls the future. Now, a lot of the story, thanks to media being overwhelmingly negative, like the crisis news network is bad. Like when I went bankrupt, I was reading New York Times every day and it said all the news fit to print. It really should have said all the bad news fit to print because that's all they're printing. 
and, and because if they sell fear, then they can sell advertising and advertising goes after the fear mongering. And then they sell you your pharmaceutical or they sell you a car or whatever they sell you. I'm not, the, the point is they are what they are, but that's why podcasting is going up and news watching is going down because people are saying, number one, they're not telling the truth anymore. Number two, it's too skewed. And anyhow, so we, we decided to do this publishing house and we decided to do impactful books and we decided to do an equity publisher. Cause if you're going to write a book, you can self-publish, and I teach how to do that because I did it, of course. You can go to a major house, which is having its own problems right now. Like, let's just take the biggest in the world is Random House. And Random House, as, as we're doing this last week, bought for $2.2 billion, Simon & Schuster, and they're being sued by the major horror author in the world who's with both houses just like I am and saying, hey, wait a second, you're killing the market, and he's worth half a billion dollars for those of us that are authors and author wannabes. I couldn't have made it into your system right now back when I was a startup, right? And yet now I've sold all these books. My name's Stephen King. And he said, you know, so I'm going to try to have you not consolidate and go from five major houses down to four. That's what I'm saying. Is it is it, we're in a, in a time when massive consolidation means more and more power and control to a few. I believe in free enterprise where you everybody can be enterprising. Everybody can be free. And that's the way our founding fathers, who are all spiritually oriented, wrote the program. I mean, the guy who wrote the Declaration of Independence is one of my heroes. Thomas Jefferson said, look, if my candle's lit, yours isn't for whatever reason. It got blown up by life, by depression, by negativity, by sickness. Come light your candle on mine, which is what we're trying to do in this show. And, and the two candles together goes fourfold. It's called exponential, which is what we're teaching in business now. I'm teaching everybody's got to grow exponentially. You can't, I'm going to increase 10%. I make 100 grand, I make 110 grand. Anyone can do that. But that doesn't take us where we need to go because the debt of America now is $43 trillion. That's not counting unfunded. That's just last two years. And, and we're only making total earnings of every American is only $21 trillion, So we're less than half. Of course, you got to go bankrupt. And, and governments can keep printing money, but they got to have value. And who creates value is people like you and I. And value all comes out of the mind. Money and wealth starts in the mind. Health and love and joy start in the mind. It's in the experience, right? But the experience is an echo effect of what your internalization comes to your external. You got a little body and, a, and then a big body. But your little body, which people, that's quiet inner voice the Bible talks about, is really your big body. That's your soul body, which is boundless. Like this morning, my friend Lindell and Stephen Lair, who lived down in, in Mexico, in East Lima Harris, I helped them fund their first little school for handicapped kids in, in, in East Lima Harris. They called me. They've been able to convert somebody out of blindness, a little kid, and just said, I got to call and tell you the miracle. And said, you're part of it because you helped. I came down there to speak. They brought all the Americans. They all gave money, and they formed this little yellow schoolhouse to help every handicapped kid in, in, in Mexico. It didn't matter where you help. All of us can do more than we think. And I, all I did is light the candle. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And what she is, is, she is a doctor of pharmacology and all that. So she knows medicine, but she also knows, she, you know, she's 80 years old and she's spent her full life studying spirituality with her husband, Steve, who are our best, Crystal and my best friends. We stay at their house down there at least once a year and, and, and go to Mexico, maybe more than that. But the, the point is, Everybody's going to have friends, and then you want friends that are doing exciting stuff that are still doing. I just said they're they're octogenarians, and I also said Mitzi's not. These are not people that are quitters, because unfortunately, when I was in graduate school, the reason I got to be with the smartest guy, Buckman's Fuller, is not because I was so smart. 
he got fired at Harvard for being 65. Well, getting fired for being 65, same with our pilots. We're out of pilots in America because we're firing them at 60. Well, some of them should have gotten fired at 30. But the point is, and I was on the board of the biggest airline in the world, Evergreen Airlines, and we fly all the UPS stuff was flown by us but and painted the planes brown and all that. But the point is, if you know, there are a lot of people that shouldn't be in some of the business they're in, but the people that are really good, they're healthy, they're taking care of themselves. A pilot should be a pilot at 80 or 90, assuming he has cognitive abilities and he's taking care of himself and he keeps his weight and he goes through in, in piloting we have a simulator and if they if the wind shear is such that you kill the simulator you're fired instantly because you're going to go kill a hundred three hundred seventy million dollar plane and 354 people that's not like a good idea well that that's an interesting point you make because there's this uh, stigma attached to getting to aging that you lose your cognitive function that you're you're not in shape you're not able to do it but those who stay active who stay focused who who keep moving towards something with purpose you don't see the decline in those particular people the majority of them are still very vital and have a strong sense and a strong purpose and I feel that coming through the podcast with you right now and I'd love to share one of my favorite quotes of yours and, and get your thought on it and then move to our final second, thought. Can I comment on what you said? And then we remember the quote Have you got written up. Oh, I do. Uh, please go ahead. So we're making impact books at markvictorhansenlibrary.com where we publish people and they have to help underwrite it. But we're taking books that are extraordinary. But the most recent book we took in two days ago is 50 after 50. What are you going to do the next 50 years after 50? And this woman only deals with people that are billionaires. And it's interesting that a lot of the billionaires thought that the goal was get a million or get a billion and then retire. I'm 65, I'm 72 and a half, hang up my spurs, so to speak, metaphorically. No, that's not it. When Art Linkletter, who did three shows, Kids Say the Darn Things, House Party, and, and people did the book, what we said is at whenever you call retirement, you retire, you put on new tires on your mental car and you rewire yourself and you go to a higher level because You've got all this experience. The point is, keep using your cognition, and you've got to take care of your money freedom, your time freedom, your relationship freedom. But the freedom you're talking about is what are you purposefully on purpose about? And it can't just be, I'm going to go golf every day. I'm going to play bridge every day. I'm going to play pickleball every day. Nothing wrong with any one of them. But that isn't enough to use the challenge of your abdul obligata, your mind and your soul force. Your quote of my quote. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, retire. Totally different framework. And see, as, as you said, it's changed the narrative, changed the perspective. I love the framework. Here's the quote. This is an absolute law. You've got to be rich inside to become and remain rich outside. Become rich inside and your mental equivalent will manifest in your experience. How might one become rich inside. You come rich inside by studying the kind of podcasts you're doing, the kind of books that I write, right? If you read, if you're a little kid and you read like the richest kids in America, you become a rich kid. But my wife and I are doing a seminar now 15 weeks ago down to 700 people at the rebel capitalist down in Houston. And a little kid comes up to me shaking like leaf. And I said, what are you shaking about? He said, you intimidate me. I said, I couldn't intimidate anyone, but especially somebody like you. I said, how would I intimidate you? He said, you're world's best-selling author. I said, okay, kid, tell me your story. And he's starting to calm down. He said, I'm 14. He said, I passed a real estate test in Ohio at eight years old. I bought my first property for $1,000, not 10000 I own 60 properties at 14. I'm worth $843,000. I said, oh my gosh. 
we got to do your book. His name's Devin Wilhall. And if you look at our list, at, if you go to the website, markvictorhansenlibrary.com, the first book we put up is called The Garage, which we ghost to help him write. Because at 14, his strength is being a great investor and making a whole lot of money. And he wants to help every other kid make it. But I didn't know I could buy real estate as a kid. And his parents are totally supportive and wonderful and tremendous people. But we're doing his book, his brother's book, and his mom and dad book because I introduced him to the next audience I'm doing. I call the promoter, and we had 1,500 people at the Limitless meeting here in Scottsdale. And I call Ken McElroy, owns 10,000 properties. And the next two years, he's going to go to 25,000 because people are going to start throwing away the real estate. And when you read depressed stuff, you throw away your assets, which is back to what I said earlier. And I know I'm costing dumbass squared. Jesus said, judge and be not judged. But I'm saying, don't let me judge you. Go do the right thing by thinking right, talking right, acting right, living right, becoming who you're supposed to be. And that's what we're teaching and asking. How do you do ask right so you get it all right? Anyhow, I call up Kenny and I say, because he's a dear friend and a neighbor and, and we travel together and all that took training with Jocko's training, the top seal and training people in all of it. And my little hit team that day beat the seals at the end. I trained six guys because I listened to everything they said. And I'm a pretty good strategist. Anyhow, the point is, not as good as my wife, but I'm pretty good at it. But Ken said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, this kid, Devin, you've got to have him talk to the people because you've got people here that are making, starting to make money in real estate, that are, have parents and grandparents and grandkids that want to make money. So I introduced Devin to the audience before he talks. He talks the next day. I talk the first day. I have him stand up. The audience gives him like a five-minute standing ovation. I said, now watch this. His little brother was it's 12, pull up at my wife's sleeve and says, I'm 12, and I'm worth a quarter million dollars, and I'm also becoming an Eagle Scout, and I'm also becoming a black belt. I'm smarter than he is. I said, what do you want? He said, well, I heard you talk that we got to reforest the planet, and you want to do a trillion trees. So do you mind if I become Johnny Appleseed? Because I told him to read the story about Johnny Appleseed. And you know the story where he planted 15,000 trees. And that's a true story of John Chapman. And I'd been asked to write that as a movie years ago about Jeanette Appleseed, this kid, but that never came. So I gave the assignment to little Ethan and Ethan's doing it. And we're doing his book called Treehouse because a kid can get a trillion trees planted. The reason the government won't do the right thing on ecology is because there's no graft. There's no payoff. There's no cumption money. There's no money underneath the table. And by the way, Mitzi Purdue's one who got me clear on that. That's why it's not happening. Because planting a trillion trees, hell, we could do it with a drone. So I said to little Ethan, I said, let's even do it better than that. Let's do it like Johnny Appleseed. People are going to be starving. Why should anyone starve? Because I did all my research, but my old minister, Norman Bob Sch Dr. Robert Schuler, said, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but not only God can count the apples in a seed. Well, one apple becomes an apple tree in a lifetime of 100 years. The average apple tree lives 100 years, a million apples. Well, it won't take long to feed a billion people when you're doing apple and pear trees and avocado. And we can go through all the trees, all of which he's doing. And then fortuitously, I have dinner with the biggest landowner in America who has to go unnamed. But it turns out that he bought all the land and the bank gave it to him for nothing, not because they have 5,000 acres in foreclosure. And this kid's father was a German immigrant, like my parents were Danish immigrants. And he was a wood chopper, and he taught this kid. I'll call him Mr. Tree because I've got no permission to tell his story except loosely. But he knew what a black walnut was. Well, black walnut, one tree paid for the whole 5,000 acres. Then the next tree was pecan trees in this neighborhood. And this guy now owns millions of acres of land because he walked through land that couldn't feed the value. Back to acres of diamonds are in here. If you have awareness, 
right? What did Solomon go for? Solomon, God says, Solomon, tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. He said, all I want is wisdom. Well, wisdom is your eclectic self-awareness and understanding and love of nature and universe so you can make it work, not work. And that's why we got so many people working against what has to happen. And what Bucky Fuller said, look, we're in the first time in history, we can make the world work for 100% of humanity, make everybody physically and economically successful thanks to technology, eclectic awareness, and books have only been around 500 years, but all of us can read these books, transform ourselves, and become fully functioning, self-actualizing, no-limit people that change the world and make it infinitely better for everyone. And I think, bottom line, that's what people want. When your soul is empty, like a lot of the people that are in leadership right now, they're trying to get enough money and fill it with money. Well, you can't fill it with money. Spiritual things can't be filled with money. They can't be filled with drugs. They can't be filled with sex addiction. You've got to be have your soul fulfilled, which means you've got to do daily, 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 daily work on yourself. My wife and I just did an hour of meditation and prayer before we started. And I can tell you why we do that if you need to or want to know. Would love to hear that. And then I'll ask you about how we can find out a lot more about you. As if we can't just type your name into Google, but I'll ask you that next. But please tell us why. Why would you meditate for an hour with your wife? Crystal and I are back falling in love and we're eating a nice green meal at Mother's Market in Costa Mesa, California. And there's a man of the cloth sitting to our side. And you can tell we have a little white collar, black suit. And I go, great, okay. So he, he can't help but interrupt because we're so, you can just see, we're called the most formidable couple most people have ever seen. I wrote down I wanted a soulmate, and what I got was a twin flame, which is, remember, jumps forward eightfold, exponentially grows. And uh, I said, I can't help but see you guys are in love. Do you want to know how to stay happily married? Well, he set up a question with a question. Didn't that go? Cool? I mean, this brother knew how to ask. I said, I didn't want to really get interrupted by this boy, but I said, yes, sir, what is it? He said, well, I'm 92. And for almost 70 years, I've run Billy Graham Ministries, and we found only one thing keeps marriages together. And I said, okay, what's that, sir? He said, you've got to pray out loud, pray out loud, pray out loud together morning and night. Now, my wife and I prayed at funerals. We prayed in church. We prayed at family gatherings. We prayed at Thanksgiving and Christmas, that kind of stuff. But praying out loud is interesting it is a level of romantic intimacy that most people don't have and don't ever try and didn't know that they needed to do. Now, we're teaching it, of course, and ask, because that was one of the things that this guy got us to do. And all I can tell you is it is sublimely works. There's just no higher level of intimacy than spiritual intimacy before physical intimacy or mental intimacy or anything else. So it works, and I recommend it. I'll hold up a mirror. I'd ask you all to look for it. And we're asked by a lot of people, why do you guys start a church? Well, it's not right my right livelihood or crystals. We're doing exactly what we think we're supposed to be doing. Although we love church, and if we ever have one, you're all invited. Fantastic. There have been so many nuggets today. And audience, we've learned much from the King of Denmark, a.k.a. Mark Victor Hansen. This has been a fantastic, fantastic experience. Just getting to know you, Mark. And the Queen of Denmark, a.k.a. the Keeper of the Twin Flame. It's been an experience. Is there a place that we should go to find out more, specifically any place where we find out more about your Two or three things. I'd ask you to go to thebookask.com and join us, especially after you buy a book, but you can get in there otherwise. Obviously, you can go watch all my videos on YouTube, and I'd ask you to join and subscribe. I'm interesting because I do one minute of a thought nugget every day. Now, you can go through them as fast or as slow as you want. And there's some ones longer, but shorts are what are watching most. And then if you're interested in my wife's stuff, go to Crystal, just Crystal Dwyer Hansen, and you'll be blown away with her stuff. She's amazing. And I say that, I would say that if she wasn't my wife, but she is, happens to be my wife, and I'm the most blessed guy in the world 
to be with somebody that lets me have an enchanting life. And we just do everything together. And we're friends with the top kid artists in the world that gets a million dollars of painting. I'm looking at her painting now, which is God's hands, Kremroff. It's amazing. We're in an exciting time. You're exciting. Now, let me do the opposite. If you're bored, it means you're boring. So guess what? Get out of it and go wake up and read some positive stuff by me or somebody that tunes you in and turns you on and watch our both mine and Crystal's videos and, and watch all the rest of the podcasts of my friend Matt and see how far you can go and how much you can grow and decide agelessness back to your earliest question comes out of being passionately on purpose about your magnificent obsession, which is bigger than you are, where you're serving for the sake of serving, loving for the sake of loving and caring for the sake of caring. Wow. That is amazing. That's a wrap. Thank you, Mark, for coming on today. You're much appreciated. Love you, brother. My pleasure. Thank you. I enjoy talking to everybody. Thanks for listening to the Eternal Optimist podcast. You can check the show notes for information about today's episode. And please share the show with that friend who is wanting to think bigger. We'll see you next time.